G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Well, let's turn our attention to the nation of Israel. Wars always have devastating consequences and our thoughts and prayers have been for the people of Israel following the Hamas terror attack last weekend and the declaration of war. Charmaine Heading is in Jerusalem. Her son is serving in the Israeli army. This is a lady who was in Afghanistan and in her organisation helped to evacuate thousands of Christians uh, from dreadful circumstances there. Charmaine has made some time to talk to us here in Australia. Charmaine, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you so much for having me today during these very troubling times. These are troubling times Charmaine, first of all, uh, let me just ask you, uh, you've got a son who is serving in the IDF uh, as a mother. How does that make you feel? You know, it's, it's pretty it's pretty nerve-wracking. Even as I speak to you today, um, I speak to you from my, my bomb shelter because every so often we hear sirens and we have 90 seconds to get into the bomb shelter and, you know, our children here are defending the country. We've got multiple attacks from multiple sides. And, you, you know, they, they are the ones that are out there. When, when those sirens ring, they can't run for the bomb shelter. So there's not one parent that's hanging on to every text message and checking um, that they, their child is still communicating with them. Uh, we've all heard stories, the atrocities that came with that terror attack uh, have there been any feelings that some failures in intelligence agencies uh, in some ways let the people down, uh, failing to see this coming? Have you noted any of that? Um, def- definitely. I-, I think Israel's in a state of shock. You know, you can't, we- we're calling it our 9-11, but when you actually look at the statistics, you, you know, we've got over 1,300 people dead from those attacks and uh, we're only a country of 9 million so when you look at the percentages with America and how much they lost in 9-11, it's much much higher. There's not one family member here that doesn't know someone who was uh, killed in that attack um, or has been directly affected because immediately after the attack we had to pull all of our communities away from our southern border and our northern border. And the immediate question that the whole country was asking was, how did this happen? And how did our intelligence not pick this up? And there's a couple of things that contributed to that. The first one is that the uh, intelligence community um, thought that they had some agreement via Egypt with Hamas over the high holidays because it was the Feast of Tabernacles and here in Israel they attacked on both a Shabbat and the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, kind of like it happened with the Yom Kippur War so the whole country 
um, a lot of the people turn off their phones, they turn off their um, TVs on this day. So the whole country was not aware. It was a surprise attack and it was very difficult for us to mobilize in those conditions. And the, sec- and the second thing that we know that, that the country is asking is how come our soldiers weren't on the border. And I think that's because we, we put a lot of reliance on technology and that clearly uh, failed us. And the third big issue for us is who else has been involved? And I'm sure you've seen that we've had um, Iranians, uh, it looks like the Iranians were involved. They've been planning this for over two years. And it's, it was a well-planned, well-thought-out attack on our civilians in our southern border. I think even Hamas was surprised at how successful they were, successful in, in inverted commas. Um, and so the country is in crisis because of that and subsequently has formed a unity government to now deal with some of these issues. Charmaine, I'll come to your humanitarian efforts of being able to rescue minorities and especially Christians out of Afghanistan uh, just these past years. Uh, But before I do, not all Israelis have faith in God the way that you do. Uh, How has your faith prepared you for facing the challenges right now? Is there a strength in your faith in God? You know, it's funny, I was praying and I was talking about that this morning with um, some family members because, you know, I'm I'm based here in the Middle East and I have quite a bit of experience helping in these kinds of situations. And over the last week, I've um, been at a command center in Tel Aviv where we've been working directly with the affected communities and helping um, helping them, and then also working on uh, getting some of the people out that don't need to be in Israel, because at this point we don't need um, additional foreign foreigners in the country <clears throat> that we would have to cope with with our resources if we, um, you know, if something went wrong, and it's just better that they leave. And it was something that I said to. Uh, a family member, I said, you know, I feel like all my experiences brought me to this point. And isn't that how God works? He prepares us. And sometimes we can look at our past and join the dots and we can see why at that time and place we've been put where we are. Uh, No doubt as an Israeli Christian, uh, you've got plenty of things to share about that strength that comes uh, from faith in Christ. I mentioned that you were involved in uh, in the way of uh, evacuating Christians out of Afghanistan just this past couple of years. You are the founder and president of what's called the Shai Fund, S-H-A-I Fund. Uh, you have been helping persecuted Christians and uh, even at the point when they're being hunted down, uh, averting genocide. Is there that sort of mentality that you have now that there may be people who are in need of your special expertise? Definitely. Uh, Part of the work that we've done is with a lot of the Christian communities in the Middle East and in Africa. Uh, We work extensively and with the communities in Iraq and Syria that were hunted down by the Islamic State. And it's interesting, yesterday it came up in all of our media sources that they found a ISIS flag 
draped over some of the kibbutzes in the south where these massacres had happened. And so when you consider what's happened in the Middle East and what's happened with the different communities, I think, you know, it's clear to us that we are, those of us that are are believing that are part of the Judeo-Christian faith are really on the front line of persecution for our faith. Um, For example, in Iraq, we had 1.5 million Christians in the year 2000. Now there's less than 200,000. In Syria, we've seen dramatic decreases in the Christian community. And even now as we speak, Turkey is also bombing some of the Christian religious minorities in northeast Syria. And when ISIS attacked these communities, I always um, remember the flags on the back of the ISIS pickup trucks that said, first the Saturday people, then the Sunday people, first the Jews and then the Christians. And that's what's happened in the Middle East. If you look at Iraq and if you look at Syria, if you look at Egypt, there is not one Jew left in those countries. And when we look at how the Christian community is being persecuted in those areas and the dramatic decrease because of this radical Islamic theology that encourages them to kill what they consider us infidels, us Jews and Christians, we can see that we are really on the battle and on the front line, both spiritually and physically, here in the Middle East and in Israel. And the Christian community didn't have an Israel that they can go to. But here in Israel, we have a concentration and we have the nation of Israel that both Jews and me as a Christian can come to and we hoped would feel safe. But if we don't defend it, we don't want to end up with a situation that we don't have in Israel again. Now, I believe that the Jewish people will not have that happen to them, that the Lord will keep them in the land and that they um, will ultimately win this battle, but at what cost? And that's the question. Right now, we're losing hundreds of our young men and women because in Israel, both are called up to the army. And where I live, there's a military cemetery behind me. And from morning to night, they are burying our soldiers that have been dying on the front lines against this radical theology that is just intent on not having any Jews or any Christians under their caliphate or under their Islamic lands. And that's what we are up against here. And I think my Christians across the globe need to pray. Uh, in fact, as you say, uh, after Saturday comes Sunday, it brings Christians into the picture. And while in our neck of the woods here down under, uh, we're not necessarily experiencing that sort of pressure yet. What you're saying is certainly a cautionary warning. Hey, you founded your organization, Shy Fund, back in 2014 in response to ISIS, Islamic State. Now that you've identified uh, that those ISIS flags were found around the kibbutz and that there's a direct link between Hamas and ISIS, what is the message in that for the whole world? I I think this is the critical message that we understand that this kind of theology is is really intent on totally and totally committed to a genocide against the Jewish people and also 
the Christian communities. I mean, we saw it was declared a genocide in 2015. And the next big fear that we have is that if Iran is involved and it's their proxy militias, both Hezbollah and um, Hamas that they funded, um, and, and indeed, there was a, a, a report that came out by the top Hamas leaders saying that Iran had helped them. So they've gone publicly saying that they have had help from them and that it's been for over two years. Then we know that Iran is intent on killing the, the, the state of Israel. And that is their goal. And they are waging a war to eradicate us. And so the message for those of us that really care and read our Bible and understand the, the the times that we are in, which is what the Lord calls us to understand, need to engage not only prayerfully but practically as much as we can with our governments, with our elected politicians, to make sure that we stand on the right side of history here and we defend against this. Charmaine, if it is any encouragement to you, there are a lot of listeners to our conversation today who are praying for the peace of Jerusalem, and uh, many of those uh, praying very intently. Uh, Charmaine, uh, let me just uh, give special honour to you, and uh, our prayers are with you as a mother of someone who is serving in the IDF uh, in these very, very difficult times. Our prayers are also for you and honour to you because your organisation helps to divert genocide for Christians. As the founder and president of Shy Fund, there might be listeners who might want to connect with you. The website for Shy Fund is theshyfund.org. The Shy, as in S H A I, fund.org. Uh, to connect with Charmaine Heading. Charmaine, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.